0: You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. my Podcast number three hundred and twenty-four. I am Tim Robertson.
1: I am David Cohen. Hello, Waking David.
0: Up. Waking <laughs> up. It's much later in the day there than it is here.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm a bit punky today. I didn't I? Didn't sleep well, and and I'm, um, I'm. you know when you're in kind of one of those irritable, grumpy moods. I'm a yeah. bit like that today. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. You forget who you're talking to.
1: <laughs> what the king of grumpy?
0: <laughs> I can get that way. Man, yeah.
1: I feel better for talking to you. I'll just cool. say that.
0: Well, okay, because yeah. it, 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 it comes towards me then.
1: That's right. Yeah,
0: yeah. I've got I've got an
1: outlet.
0: So um, <laughs> last week, I don't know if you listened to the show, David. I did a best oh, of. Yeah. You know, I and I said it right in the show. You know, I had made that for the MyMac podcast, uh, but it was you know other than the iPhone event. It was on me interviewing someone. So yeah. I thought, yeah, i am just gonna use this. I I made that thing four years ago for a guy and he never used it. So must have put that effort to good use somewhere.
1: Yeah, I you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna point out something very, very amusing about the uh the interview you did with Chris Green. Uh-huh. Because one of the questions you asked him was um would you ever work for Apple? And he went on about no, I wouldn't do that. Um, you know, I have this great job and I walk downstairs and Apple is very high, is, you know, is very high maintenance and hardworking and why would I want to do that? Um, you know, in February 2015, he went to work for Apple.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he didn't last long though.
1: Is he still? I thought he's still there.
0: I thought he left Apple and he's running the Six Colors thing now. Isn't that Chris oh, Green? Six,
1: six Colors is Jason Snell.
0: Oh, then he is still at Apple.
1: Yeah.
0: That's funny. Well, when a paycheck comes calling.
1: Well, yeah. Um, I nobody like knows him. what he does there. It's a bit of a mystery. So. Yeah. You know, if you're listening, Chris, hey.
0: Hi. He's not listening.
1: <laughs> I, uh. I, I thought when we broadcast That after the show goes up that they basically they played it on the speaker across the whole of Cupertino.
0: No, they're doing that as we're recording. They're tapping into our wire communication and
1: right fair it's, enough.
0: it's played in the uh well in the old facility it was just in the quad they would played out there right
1: so, okay fair enough then
0: yeah but it was yeah. early in the morning there i mean
1: yeah I don't know. well yeah but so basically coming early to listen to this so. Right,
0: yeah well and they were you know it was more productive for them they get people in early uh they still had to work the whole day but they would come in early just to listen to this but then of course they made them work while they were listening so
1: obviously, yeah, because you don't want to lose that time. Well, um, and you know, the cost it, of bandwidth. Might, not only people might sleep if they were listening to us. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. after listening to us, then I presume they're motivated to probably work an eighteen-hour day.
0: Oh well, at least. I mean, <laughs> you know, for for normal people, this is will to narcolepsy. But <laughs> you know, for hardcore tech people, yeah. So, you remember I was telling you about the backup camera I installed on the Sequoia? Yep. Well, I told you it went bad, right?
1: Uh, I think you did, yes. Yeah. I.
0: I it, you could see water condensation inside the lens. Okay, and, that's uh, never good. No. And, well, it was advertised as, it's waterproof. Yeah, not so yeah. much. And so, I reached out to the company that I had purchased it from on eBay. It was not an expensive camera at all. I mean, yeah. it was... Quite honestly, it was dirt cheap, but I still expected it to last more than a couple of weeks. Um, they actually sent me a replacement and it's cool. a different one and it looks nicer. So we'll see. Um, it's going to be pretty easy for me to change. I just take off the back panel on the lift gate um, and install the new camera. I don't have to rerun any wires because the wires are already there. Yeah. So the hard part is already done. This would take me all of 20 minutes to put the new camera in and see if it works. But, yeah, it was it was kind of frustrating. Uh, I You know, I guess you get what you pay for, but, you know, it's a little tiny camera that goes on your license plate frame that only turns on when you put the car in reverse. Cameras are cheap now.
1: Well, this is the problem. This stuff is chained out very, very cheaply and quality control is often not there. So yeah, I think that's um,
0: half of it right there. Honestly, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm half tempted to buy like an iPhone, a broken iPhone five and steal the camera out of it and hack it into one of these units. (laughs) (laughs) It would look a lot better. Yeah. Uh, So anyways, that's the only major tech thing that I've got going on. Um, it's not a lot. I mean, I've been busy, and it's that time of the year where there's not just new products or anything really coming out. Well,
1: yeah, I know. Uh, we had the iPhone X launch, and the uh, reviews of that. Um, gotta be honest, I'm, I've not seen one yet. I've not had a chance to go and see one. My brother did, and he said it. it you know, it feels gorgeous, as you might imagine. Well, yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of I, apart from part of the Fact, it's very expensive, and I'm, I really haven't got the, the cash to buy one now. Um, I'm, I'm coming round to this view that it's best not to get the version 1.0 of anything. Yeah. The more complicated, the better. Um, and uh, we haven't. I, I don't. I don't think we've we've seen any reports yet of any major problems with the iPhone 10. Oh, I have. Um, uh, uh, so, I, I did just before it came online. I did briefly see something about. Um, issues with people using in extreme cold.
0: Not even extreme cold. Um, here in Michigan, it got down to 16 degrees Fahrenheit this morning, actually, and uh got pretty cold last night. And I saw someone on Facebook saying that their iPhone screen wasn't working, their iPhone X screen. 10. That's I not good. It. No. And then I did a little research, and it's an actual problem. Apple saying they can solve it in software. Which would be good because, um, yeah, I live in Michigan, and I don't have one of these phones. I still have my 6 Plus, which, by the way, ever since updating it to iOS 11, my phone is terrible. It's unresponsive. It's slow. I take a picture, uh, and it takes a picture immediately, but it gives me no indication that it did until about three seconds later. And then uh, it, it finally comes back on. And then after three seconds, it makes the clicking noise. So I don't understand what's going on with that. David, by the way, just dropped off. Uh, I'm going to see if my phone would do this right now while I'm talking. So I just switched to the camera app. Uh, The camera is up. Let's see how long it takes. Pushing the button now. Yeah, that long. Okay. Did you hear that? When I say now, that's when I actually push the button now. See that delay? That's not right. It should be literally immediate. It should be click. It's not. So to me, this is I wish there was a way I could downgrade my phone, to be honest with you, because it in some respects I, I'm sitting there waiting for things to happen. Just launching, for instance, some apps. Um, Kindle. Right? Kindle it's it's an ebook reader should be nothing to launch it. So I'm going to force quit all the apps that I got running now. So I'm clicking the Kindle app now. So splash screen still, still the splash screen and it's still launching. It's just kind of sitting there, blue background, guy reading under a tree, still splash screen. And now it's launched and now I can read. How long was that? Six, seven seconds? Now. Look, 6-7 seconds isn't a deal breaker for most people. But think about this. This is an iPhone 6 Plus. Two months ago when I did the same thing, that's how fast it was launching. I upgrade to iOS 11. Look at that delay. It's To me, it's unacceptable. I, I understand that my phone's an older phone, but it's fully compatible with iOS 11. Why is there a massive slowdown in every single thing I do? Everything. It's ridiculous now launching a web browser, same thing, uh, pretty much everything. And I can test this against my wife's iPhone. Now she has got, uh, the six S and it's three times faster launching everything. And she's running iOS 11 as well. So I'm not happy about it. I'm, I'm really not, but I'm not really in a position to upgrade my phone either. Even though I really need to upgrade my phone now. Um, You know, I just don't want to spend another 30 bucks a month that it's going to take to upgrade this phone. And it's, it's just so slow and unresponsive and I use it for work. You know, if it was just my phone, I don't just, I just take phone calls, browse some web pages, read, play music on it. Not that big of a deal, but I use this phone for work. It's essential. I almost couldn't do my job without this phone. Now that's how the entire industry has gone so for it to be this unresponsive just sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting it's if there was a way I could easily without completely nuking the whole phone because I've got some specialized settings in there for work that is a pain in the butt to set back up I've got apps installed on here that you can't find on the App Store Um, they're Private apps And there's different permissions you have to enter in your phone. It's a huge ordeal. I don't feel like going through it again. So I don't want to have to nuke the phone and restore it back to 10. I would just like a real easy way of backing it up back to uh, iOS 10. And here's the thing. I just updated to um, iOS 11.11 or something like that. It fixed that letter I bug that I saw in person someone had that problem, and uh, I don't know if the, the this update fixes that or not. Um comes David coming back in. Um, yeah, okay, I'm answering fine. Hello, hello, hello. Does that better?
1: Better, yeah. You know what? Uh, this happened to us before, and I think I was using the same computer, so I think there's something wrong with the building computer that upsets wire. Hmm. So. well I just
0: discussed after updating to iOS 11 how thoroughly unresponsive my iPhone 6 plus is now really and with some apps I while I was right here uh, talking I took a picture mm-hmm. now when you push the the button to take a picture on your iPhone how fast do you hear the click sound immediate right yeah all right so all right. when I say now that's when I push the button ready now, no, that's not right. Exactly.
1: Uh, you know what? I'm um, I'm on a seven at the moment. I'm moving to an eight plus in a few weeks' time, hopefully. Um, and I've come to the conclusion that uh, going with a fresh start build rather than migrating my data over using iCloud is the best way to go. Because I've had a few issues like this. Um, I've done a couple of resource. Um, and seen this sort of thing, and and I think the problem is no matter how good the migration process is, there is stuff that comes over over time um, that kind of clogs the phone up, starts running in the background when you don't want it to, or probably more likely is trying to run the background and the phone keeps killing it, uh, and that's what causes slowdowns. It, um, it's driving I, me crazy. I, you know, I'm, I really think it's it's. You, you know it you comes to, comes to the point when you probably best just to build everything again and it's not not so
0: hard nowadays well it is for me because i've got custom apps running on this phone because of work that yeah. you know it's not just downloading re-downloading stuff from the app store mm. there are well certain apps on pro- here that are not on
1: the app store there are pro- the problem is is that that could be part of the problem i've got corporate apps running on my phone that have killed the battery for instance um, we, use, uh, we use something called uh, some um, it's called Checkpoint Sandblast Protect which we have to have on even on our personal phones just to reassure the company that we're not running any malware um, and we have a, a security certification that, uh, in the office that basically means we have to have this on all our devices and the first few versions of that basically we're chewing through 40-50% of my battery life every day even though the thing wasn't necessarily doing anything, um, and that's something they've only just fixed recently. So, if you've got non-vetted apps on there, you've got corporate apps on there that aren't necessarily always being updated as quickly as as maybe the latest software on the App Store is. Those that can also cause problems too. Yeah, particularly if you're then doing migrations between devices. Yeah, yeah, I didn't do any of my – I mean, this is literally um, – Yeah, but you did because effectively the upgrade process is yeah. almost like save everything to an area on your phone, reinstall the brand-new OS, and then migrate it back in. That's that's how it works.
0: Hmm. I don't know. I'm not happy.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, the, the other the, thing the, it the could be The whole thing is, people talk – go ahead. The other thing it could be is APFS because – APFS is new. Um, it's there in, Iowa, I think it came in iOS 10.7, so, uh, 10 point, one of the recent updates before we went to 11. But uh, I know from some of my experiences that APFS has got a lot of bugs in it. I had some more problems with it this week. So, um, yeah. You know, the, the, the
0: conspiracy theories out there are Apple releases this. They say it's compatible with an older phone. You download and update it, and your phone is crap now and it forces you to buy a new phone i've always (laughs) dismissed those but man this phone was perfect until i updated until ios 11 yeah and now it's completely unresponsive it's slow uh battery is about the same i'm not that's not a big deal yeah um it's not that i'm filling up i've only used half the storage on this 64 gig phone yeah so what's changed apple's ios 11
1: so I would. Well, why
0: has it nuked my phone?
1: Well, I, I, yeah, I I think the problem is the migration processes. Um, and maybe some old craft from older versions of the system. iOS 11 removed all the 32 bit support. Uh, and it could be something deep down in there, something trying to run that's not, not, right, either not running well, it's been badly co- badly ported. Mm-hmm. Um, or something that, um, you know, something that just doesn't work properly and is kind of hanging around the system. Uh, and, uh, Apple for whatever reason aren't shutting it down and it's what's causing the problems. I mean, it, the, the, the symptoms you complain about, um, you know, slow responsiveness, uh, laggy behavior and everything like that, that screams runaway process to me. Uh, and we've seen that a hundred times on different computers over the years. The, the problem with the iPhone is it presents this image that it's, kind of this boxed off very simple system but underneath it's still os 10 it's still incredibly complicated and um you can have runaway stuff going away down there and and of course we have no troubleshooting interfaces to deal with it on these phones because they are um we we get the fisher price interface i just uh turned off background app
0: refresh yeah if that does anything
1: yeah, I, I mean to be honest with you, if I were in your position where it was that bad, I would kind of do the new compave install, which wipe the thing completely, set it up as a new phone with none of your old data on, and then put all your credentials in and slowly migrate everything back.
0: Yeah, that would be yeah. an option if I did. If it wasn't mission critical, yeah,
1: and it really yeah, I, under- I, I understand. Um, you know, if you if you have another phone lying around that you could migrate to while you were. Um, while you were doing that one then that that would be an option i'm i'm kind of toying with that with my seven i'm going to sell my seven so um what i might do is actually clone my seven to my se so i actually have all my data and apps and everything on there while i spend the time setting the new eight plus up the way i want it Mm -hmm. because i'm going to take the opportunity to clear a whole load of apps off i'm only going to sell the apps that i'm using regularly there's tons of stuff on mine that i i never look at So I'm just really going to do like a, you know, a fresh setup from scratch. But you've got to have the time and the luxury of being able to do that. And it
0: takes twice as long now that we can't just plug it into our Mac and and let iTunes, you know, use iTunes as the interface to, you know, migrate both speed using an iTunes because this is plugged in; it's so much faster. As well as manage app locations and what you want installed and not installed, so, because you see a nice little list. You can click yes, yes, yeah. Instead of the now you got to go through the app store and oh, re-download this, re scroll, um, scroll, scroll, scroll,
1: re-download. The, it's terrible. You know what? Since twelve point, I'm not sure whether I've actually hmm. plugged an iPhone into my Mac since twelve point seven came out. I, I do. Oh, that's right. I did. Because I thought with them removing all the app stuff that the interface to install documents into apps would have disappeared, but it's not, it's still there. Cause I was actually copying some movies over for my, uh, for my boy. Um, and I tried it and I was still able to do that to get to that kind of, you know, a thing where, where you have the list of apps and then you can copy stuff into the documents folder for that app using iTunes. Right. I was still able to do that. So, um, maybe some of the stuff you need to do that is still there.
0: I don't know. I'm just, I'm really ticked off about it, to be honest.
1: Well, ticked off you may be. Uh, Go get an Android phone and see how you get on. You'll find it's just the same over there. (laughs) It wasn't an either or. I mean, I want this to work and it worked better before. Yeah. I I agree with you. It's, We've, we've talked about this at length and, you know, I don't think these latest releases have been brilliant from Apple at all. Uh, there's definitely been a drop in the, in the quality control. As I said, I had a problem, um, just, just last night. I, I, uh, installed a new machine with high Sierra and then I did a time, uh, migration from, migration assistant from, uh, an old Mac to that, to that Mac. Cause I wanted to be able to use it uh, and then I went to turn encryption on and I couldn't it gave me this weird error saying that I didn't have the right authorization credentials even though I was an administrator um, and after doing a bit of troubleshooting <coughs> I also found out that this is a machine I bought off eBay I also found out that the you, the dummy user that the guy who set the machine up um, had installed I wasn't able to delete that either even though I was an administrator. Uh, and it turns out that something to do with um, Hi Sierra and APFS means that the first user installed on the system kind of has a special security token. Uh, and if that user is then – if you then migrate data over – from using uh, migration assistant there appears to be some sort of bug which means any users that go on the machine after that don't get a copy of that security token so even though they're labelled as administrators there are certain things they can't do Uh, and I ended up having to wipe the machine completely and start again because effectively the user was unusable because all sorts of weird things would not work because it didn't have complete security credentials and again this is purely an APFS problem this is completely a bug introduced with High Sierra Nice. Yeah, I mean it was so bad that at one point I thought maybe I'm going to go back to you know, um, Yosemite or uh Sierra for this.
0: So I didn't go up to High Sierra and I don't really plan to.
1: Yeah. I don't, yeah, I, I, see don't what you I don't the- see
0: the it's not offering me anything except yeah. for headaches and I'm Yeah. Maybe I'm just getting older and wiser and going, you know what? I don't i well, that's hard to believe, but I mean that, that would take a lot of
1: work on my end. Yeah, I don't, yeah, no, I, I do, I, I feel you. Like I really do. And um, there is something to be said for staying with what works. The problem is, is you know, the, the difficulty with iOS eleven is if you don't install the latest version, then at some point, probably over the next year, you'll find there are apps you can't run. because I, yeah, you are absolutely right. But here is uh, the thing,
0: I. I that's more of an issue for me on my iPad because I do more things on there as far as recreation. Mm. But on my iPhone, literally, the only things I ever use on a daily basis is a couple apps for work, pictures, uh, the phone, music, the podcasting app, but not Apple's. I use, uh, uh, what is this called? Uh, uh, Downcast. Yeah. Yeah. Chrome, Safari, my bank, Kindle yeah it's it's very rare that I go to page two, and I've got one, two, three, four, five pages of apps, yeah, and most of it, honestly, is stuff that i I keep thinking I might use that, so I'm just gonna keep it on there. Oh, yeah. I use Zuli occasionally, that's to turn on my devices remotely. Right.
1: I, I've got a lot of the apps on my phone are apps that I want on my iPad. And it's right. just that I, re- I read about them when I'm out and about. And I think, well, okay, so I'll install it on my phone because that means my iPad will get it. I don't need to remember to install it on my iPad. Right. Um, and then you forget to de- delete them from, from the phone. Yep. So, I mean, I've got a ton of games on here. I just don't play games on my iPhone anymore. So if anybody out there is listening and they've got a suggestion, like, hey, have you tried this?
0: Seriously, send an email. I'll try it as long as as long as I don't have to nuke my phone because I really don't want to do that. That's the yeah. last resort—is nuking my phone. Um, hit me up. Let me know. It's theshow show at TechFanPodcast dot com. Um, you know, I'm open to suggestions. Honestly,
1: the only the only thing I could suggest is because I this is what eleven point one point something now. Yeah, you could maybe wipe the phone, do a clean install, and then do a restore. And it could be that whatever bugs that came with iOS 11 have been fixed in point one point two, and will be caught and dealt with as you do the restore. Yeah, but it's going to nuke I mean? all my stuff, though. Huh? It'll nuke
0: everything if I do that.
1: No, no. If you do a restore, if you if you do an iCloud restore after you've nuked the phone, so do a fresh install. But yeah, but I don't is, know if...
0: I don't know if my provisioned apps are backed up to iCloud. Ah, right. Okay. Or my provisioned settings. I'm not sure. And I don't have the confidence
1: that it is. What, what, can your IT department help you with that? Yeah, right. Like I've got one. <laughs> um, well, some, somebody must have told you where to go to get the apps. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So anyways...
0: <laughs> Let's jump into our feedback. Uh only John Nemo sent in feedback and he uh he sent two in. The first one though was about you talking about USB-C displays. You said no, they don't mm-hmm. really exist and they actually do. Uh Acer has one. Okay. And yeah, he I
1: reviewed. I I looked at these. Um I or I will modify in deference to John my comments in that there are no well-priced good USB-C displays. <laughs> I would agree with you. Yeah. The uh the um the ones John recommends are uh, he reviewed one which apparently is pretty good. I've seen I, I checked it out on Amazon as well. There's lots of people said they liked it with the Mac. Yeah from Acer. Um yeah, but it's five hundred dollars. Yeah. Um and that's that's pretty much at the you know, pushing up towards the high end for you know, for monitors. It is because, a twenty seven
0: you know, inch monitor though.
1: Yeah, I know, but yeah, but doesn't it? You can get a you can get a twenty four twenty five inch monitor with HDMI on it for a, about one hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, yeah. So five hundred dollars is is pushing into pro territory, really. Yeah. The other one that's on there and um, there's um, there's an LG one that's twenty that's four K, that's seven hundred dollars, and also apparently four K displays don't play well with Macs because the resolutions they have are kind of in between the standard mac resolution and Retina resolution so apparently you plug a mac into that it looks horrible so um that'd be seven hundred dollars not well spent um and even the asus one uh, john didn't have any problems when he reviewed it but you look at through some of the comments and some people have talked about um firmware issues where they get dropouts where the screen goes blank where they get funny colors uh, where it doesn't wake up from sleep and these are all USB-C firmware issues and as I know from bitter experience, from using USB devices, USB-C devices, um, USB-C can be a bit of a hot mess. Yeah, um, if you haven't got the right cables, or you um, you have the wrong bit of firmware in one part of the system or another, um, it doesn't just work, and that can be uh, a challenge. Uh, and getting it fixed can also be a challenge. So, um, yeah, if it if it, I, I appreciate John saying that these things do exist. I, I would still say that. Um, unless you're really wedded to USB-C, um, I would look at a different solution.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Might be a good idea. So yeah. the
0: other thing um, that John posted about, and he, he wrote, uh, I burst out laughing with the description of the giant Sony Bluetooth speaker, uh, especially because I just came from my pickup site for review products and I got two speakers Bluetooth also that I thought were huge because they were about 20 pounds each. Small potatoes, Tim. (laughs) Uh, I really haven't played with this thing much since the last time I discussed it. It's just the sound isn't great, and I still haven't taken it outside to test it. Uh, Mm -hmm. But but the sound just isn't great. I like how the lights light up, but I'm kind of a sucker when it comes to stuff like that. Why don't you uh, send it to me and see what I think of it? Well, because it, it would cost more than a speaker to ship it to the UK i have to put a sale on this thing it's so big it's just yeah. it's, it's it's large in the obnoxious way i i get that there's reasons that you would want a speaker this big i don't have any reasons to need a speaker this big i think yeah. that, uh, i did get a new pair of headphones that i got to review though it's a mm-hmm. uh, it's called the shure Wireless sound isolating headphones with Bluetooth, Bluetooth, Bluetooth enabled communications cable. Uh, vivid sound with deep bass, long battery life, and lasting comfort. I haven't even opened it yet, to be honest.
1: Uh, I've had some sure stuff in the past that's been pretty good. This is one
0: of those that has a cable that goes behind your head. Mm-hmm. Uh, it comes with three sizes of soft flex sleeves included. Inline microphone with remote control. And a rechargeable Bluetooth connectivity, up to eight If it's hours the one I'm looking
1: at, <laughs> it kind this of has a cable going behind her ears, and then there's it. There's like a soap on a rope hanging down on her chest. Nope, this the next different. Next things together. This uh, is different.
0: Well, unless this is supposed to go on the front. This is a SE
1: one one two dash BT one. BT one. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. Um, so yeah, it has this kind of lozenge thing yeah that's hanging down and and then there's another little lozenge that presumably has the controls on it mm-hmm. you know what i i've got to be honest with you having used the airpods it amazes me people are still going for bluetooth headphones that have wires hanging between them i'm trying to because it's, the just, box right it's now. just wrong
0: yeah it's i've never used the ones like this boy they put so much
1: do you not believe how much tape is on the top of this glass good lord <laughs> What do you need that much tape for? So this this computer I was talking about the one I was setting up yesterday the guy who sent it to me sent it to me in the box, and he basically embalmed it in packing tape. Oh, I hate you know that. you know when he had the tape gun and he would obviously run it round run it round till you couldn't see any cardboard it was just solid plastic. And I looked at it and I thought, how am I supposed to open this? I don't know where the seams are. This is know, quite heavy. The middle. I'm kind of surprised. <laughs> this thing is kind of heavy.
0: Yeah. Uh, Does it mark right and left very well? That's always a big thing to me. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Does it go in the back? It can. Yeah. It kind of goes around the back of your neck. Honestly, not in the front. And the front is stupid.
1: Well, on on their on their this is Shure's website, so this is their product shop with their model.
0: And they put this stupid sticker right on the cord that you can't rip it off.
1: Why yeah. Why? Why would you put the sticker on uh, here? Uh, it's, probably, it's probably a, a European Union um, requirement, that. That's the sort of thing the EU does.
0: Yeah, it's got all those in little yep. things on here. Oh, it's compliant. and Don't throw it in the trash. I like that. Don't throw it in the trash. Really? Yeah. Thanks. I just <laughs> bought it. You're already showing me a picture of a garbage can. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not the smartest thing way to go, yeah. I would think.
1: Um, uh, they the they may sound nice. okay, because Shure has um, history doing stage monitors and stuff like that. So. Oh, I I like Shure speakers for the yeah. most part. So I I will actually
0: – where do you plug it in? Oh, it's the little – is this – do you open this? I don't know. I don't see where you plug it in. There must be a rubber flap somewhere. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. There's like a little thing that you can put your fingernail in, but I don't see how is that
1: it, Is it on the soap and the rope thing? That's what, like, yeah, color, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm looking at,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't see how it opens, though. Does it open on this side? There's two flappy things. And I just clipped my nails, so I don't have long nails. So I can't figure out how to open this stupid thing. Oh, wait. oh well, It's on it's the mic thing. So there's a little rubber piece on the mic, and you peel that back, and that's where it is. So the that's rope, weird. Yeah, the soap on the rope thing. I don't know what that's for. Well, that must be the battery. But Oh, yeah, you're right. That's got to be the battery. Okay, so where's the cable? The cable's <laughs> got to be in this box
1: with... Okay, so that's half the weight right there. Mm. So there's right, look, an the problem is manual. these are I, I I don't know how much they on the site here they're a hundred pounds. Uh, right, yeah, I don't know. I not for look. 150 pounds you could have. I think the it came with M- a cable.
0: There's no cable in here. Oh wait, it came with a little case. Let me let me right. look in the case. I bet they're in here. So in here, yeah, there's a cable and there's right. a what is this thing? Uh, it has some little clippy thing. Oh, it's a little clip so you can clip them to you. So this clips on the soap on the rope thing, and then you've got a little clip that will clip to your
1: shirt. Well, that's good, because then at least you're not dangling the weight of that thing from your ears. But again, I I just look at this. It's got a great big – I don't know what the battery life this thing is, but it's got a great big battery there. Um, And yet for 50 pounds more, yeah, it's eight hours on a single charge. That's the same as what you get from AirPods with the case.
0: Yeah, and the AirPods Um, work with everything too. It's not just an Apple only Yeah, exactly.
1: Headphones. So these things are nearly as expensive as the AirPods. I'm sure they sound better than the AirPods, but I don't know. design-wise, this, AirPod is, this is like three years behind.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it feels outdated already. Yeah. And this, of course, is one of my Amazon review things that <clears throat> companies send me, and, hey, we review uh-huh. this. And I totally will.
1: Yeah. I'm all, I'll, if I were in your position, all I'd say is, Given the the aesthetics, I hope they sound really good.
0: Given the aesthetics, they better sound damn good, because yeah. it's funny that the charge cable weighs as much as the headphones. How does it yeah. plug in? Boy, you really got to get in there to plug this in. It's kind of what a stupid system. Uh,
1: micro, micro USB. Gonna love it. Not. Not.
0: So, yeah. yeah. Let's, make,
1: let's make something that only goes in one way and is so tiny that only an eight-year-old child can focus on it. I'll give it a try.
0: Yeah. If, if, you know, I'll play it on my iPhone. So, you know, I'll hit play and then 20 seconds later, music will start. Yep. <laughs> so we...
1: I just is realized played. that. I <laughs> <Back-handed> can't <complaints. laughs> I just processed that. and I thought, well, hang on, what's he talking about? Twenty seconds, and then I realized, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey Tim, we're going to play you some music for your birthday. Yeah. or just start it the week before. <laughs> yeah,
0: we'll say it. that way it'll start playing on your birthday.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: uh, we do want to thank our sponsor MaxSales.com. Uh, they got it, dude. This is a pretty good deal right here. Twenty-seven-inch iMac, eight gigs of RAM, one terabyte of storage, three point four gigahertz. Core Intel Core i7 processor, quad core. Sorry, quad core Intel Core i7 processor. Uh, one
1: thousand ninety nine dollars. Wow. So that's so. So basically, if you were thinking about buying one of those USB C monitors, this you could buy one is. of these instead. Yeah. And you're basically you a home paying five five hundred dollars for computer, five hundred dollars for the monitor.
0: You know, honestly though, this is a pretty powerful computer.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: I mean, it comes with a 90 days warranty from uh, OWC, so if you've got a problem with it, you'll know pretty quickly, trust me. Yep. Um, preloaded with Mac OS 10.12 Sierra, so you're not stuck with the high Sierra crap on here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and hey, look, it's got a super drive. Imagine that. You can you can burn
1: DVDs. Some people still need to do that, you know? Yeah. Um, it's. I, I kind of agree with the direction everyone's gone on this, though. The, um, you don't need to have nowadays. You don't need to have that device carried with you in the computer all the time, even if it's desktop. Plug in a USB one. A USB one, if you need one. Uh, it gives you
0: a copy of uh, Parallels for Mac too, so you can run Windows without cool. you know rebooting your machine and holding down the Option and booting up that way. And it also they'll also give you a twenty four dollars off instant rebate on OWC Thunderbolt two dock, which quite honestly is not a bad, not a bad offer right there. Yeah. So if you have need for a Mac and you want a big screen, whoa, 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 uh, that it just rounded up by a $1, dollar $1, eleven hundred bucks. I wish they would Sweet. have had this well. I, I went with the smaller screen simply because I already had a 27-inch monitor, and two 27-inch monitors really don't fit. Yeah. But the 21-inch monitor next to the 27-inch monitor is fine. Although I really have my the, the screen on the Mac itself really dim compared to the 27-inch because I never really use it as a second monitor. I will put uh-huh. a window over there if I'm copying files or something, but that's about it. I really don't need two monitors. No. But I do like having a desktop machine. Yeah, I think they're just more robust. I think they last longer. You know, it takes effort to move one. You're not just going to accidentally bump it and mess something up. So
1: yeah, same same reason that work. I use a a Mac Pro. Yeah, for exactly I, the same I just reason. Like them,
0: it's good stuff. So thanks, MacSales.com, for sponsoring this episode of TechFan. If you guys are interested in purchasing this unit. Uh, go to com or mymac.com. Look for show 324, and there will be a link directly to the product. Uh, David, you know we always do our – I didn't put it in the show notes. You probably got the show notes open too, don't you? Uh,
1: actually, I don't because I switch from um, my Mac to the Windows PC. So, Slacker. Uh, Slacker. Let me bring them up on the yeah, iPhone. And... Yeah,
0: it's, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, yeah. Our wiki trolling – for
1: technology, Hey. Entry. I like this one. Is compact
0: cassette, or as we more affectionately called it in the eighties, tape? A cassette or a tape? Yeah. <laughs> I always call them a cassette. I yeah, I, was, I, we I call them tapes. British the thing. We always called them tapes. Right? Yeah. It was both here, really. Yeah. No one ever. I never ever heard anyone call it a compact cassette. No. Never. It was. It was a cassette tape. Yeah. Uh, the compact cassettes, or music cassette, one word, horrible. <coughs> horrible. Yeah. They basically put M-U-S-I in front of cassette. Music cassette. Yeah. Ugh. yeah. Ugh. Also called cassette tape, audio cassette, or simply tape or cassette. <laughs> 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 is an analog magnetic tape recording format for audio recordings and playback. It was released by Philips. Philips used to really do some cool stuff over there, man. Oh,
1: Philips, Philips also invented this, the CD. The CD, I know.
0: That's yeah. pretty awesome. It was released by Philips in 1962. For those at home were wondering, when did that come out? 1962 it was released. Having been developed in Hazlitt, Belgium, compact cassettes come in two forms. Either already containing content as a pre recorded cassette or a fully recordable blank cassette. And they were. Now, did you, did you buy a lot of music on cassette? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? Oh, yeah. I bought I bought so many cassette tapes when I was little. Really? When I was a kid. Yeah, a teenager. Oh, my God, dude. I had a Walkman. I had a boombox. I mean, oh, you see yeah, seen pictures the of the my. Thing is- I've got my boombox on top of one of my arcade machines. You've seen it.
1: Yeah, I know, but. I'll take a picture um, of
0: that for the show
1: this week. I, I, I don't know. I guess it was I, – I never liked buying music on cassette because the quality was so much worse than buying yeah, a Yeah, but the, what, what was the alternative? Buy a record? Well, yeah, buy a record and then record it. Ugh. Then it was even take worse. Care. You were you were a hi-fi guy. You must have had all that stuff. Oh, I did, but – Yeah, So so you buy the record, you record it, and then you put the record away so that you listen to the tape – and then when it wears out or it starts to sound bad or something, you record it again. And and us, you know, well, us hi-fi guys, we were into. Uh, you remember the, the chromium oxide tapes and the metal tapes? Oh my tapes god! god yeah, had, of course.
0: they sounded and, better. High bass.
1: Yeah, and Dolby B and C to try and get rid of the hiss. This is the problem with the compact set the music set and to give it its formal name mm-hmm. was that because of the um resolution of the tape and the way it ran over the the head that actually kind of um recorded the music whether the played the music off it it was a magnetic field and it put um uh it put waves into into the magnetic particles on the tape that process introduced a lot of noise so they were very very hissy yeah um and that was a real problem because you kind of you couldn't really tune it out. It was hard. Well, to Well, that's out. what Dolby noise reduction
0: initially was designed to eliminate was tape hiss. Yeah. If you had but a it, deck with it, Dolby it, noise it, cancellation, oh, but yeah, it reduced it,
1: but it didn't get rid of it.
0: It didn't get rid of it, and it also got rid of some of the uh, acoustics of music itself. Exactly, it would get rid of the really sharp sounds and sometimes. Because the way
1: Dolby noise reduction worked was it kind of boosted up the frequencies of uh, the hiss when you were recording it Mm -hmm. so that when you played it back, it could scrunch it right down and get rid of the hiss. But, of course, that took some of the music away, too. The Compact Cassette technology was
0: originally designed for dictation machines, but improvements in fidelity led the Compact Cassette to supplement the stereo 8-track cartridge and reel-to-reel tape recording in most non-professional applications. It It uses ranged from portable audio to home recording to data storage from early microcomputers. Uh, The first cassette player, although mono designed for use in car dashes, were introduced in 1968 between the early seventies and the early two thousands. The cassette was one of two most common formats for prerecorded music first alongside LP record and later the compact disc. So for those who are younger and I don't even understand how that works, Compact cassettes contain two miniature spools between which the magnetically coated polyurethane or polyester type plastic film, magnetic tape, is passed and wound. These spools and their attendant parts are held inside a protective plastic shell. Have you ever watched the video on YouTube where a, a dad hands a cassette tape to his younger kids and goes, Do you know what this is? And they're like, Uh, and one of them's like, yeah, It's for music, right? And he's like, That's right. And so he's holding it up to his head. <laughs> he's like well it, these little things I, I think i think that's where the music comes from
1: <laughs> it's funny we were we actually i had a conversation with with my kids the other day and and my wife and i were reminiscing about this and do you remember because one of the one of the big pro, you anybody who's who's never used one of these will not realize this but you you played one spot at a time so you put the thing in and you played it and it, yeah the, most of them held about um half an hour 40 minutes of music per side right so um the problem is you'd you'd listen to it and you wanted to it was like a videotape if you wanted to listen to a song again you had to rewind back to where it began and you couldn't hear why you were moving the tape back and forth so you would rewind oh i think that's enough press play no it's not far enough rewind a bit more press play and and of course all the time you're doing is you're thinking i'm destroying this precious piece of music because it was all very chunky and mechanical uh and um yeah that, that was always entertaining and every time you had a cassette cassette play go wrong and um uh, meters of tape started they either started issuing from it or alternatively what happens it would it would stop playing you'd open it you pull the thing out and as you pulled it out you'd feel the tension yeah as the tangled tape was pulled out of the cassette because and, 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 it was jammed up somewhere inside the machine. And, and they
0: had the perfect... Once you got the tape out of the machine, and as long as the tape wasn't broken, you could fix it with this very specialized tool that you would put in one of the reels and reel it back. That specialized tool, we still use this, too, to this day. It's called a pencil. <laughs> well, that's what I was talking to my
1: kids about. <laughs> my wife and I were saying, oh, do you remember if you, <laughs> if you if you were playing something and you wanted to rewind another take, you'd stick it on a pencil, and then you'd sit there twin- twilling your hand round so that you would <laughs> kind of manually rewind it.
0: <laughs> you remember the... Uh, you remember how to make it so you you couldn't record over a uh, tape?
1: That's right. Yeah, you pop the lug out. Yeah. Or, are, and the, then if you wanted to record again, you put tape back over that's the That's right, uh, yeah.
0: So those who don't know, at the top of each cassette was a little plastic tab on each side. And it was always facing the side. Was it facing the side? I think it was facing the side. The open end of the tab was the opposite side that it was protecting. Because you could have one side re-protected so you can't record on it, but the other side of the tape you can still record on. And then so you would make a mixtape for someone, then you'd always pop those little tabs off so they couldn't screw up your mixtape. But then you do it yourself, and then you don't have any money, and you want to make a new mixtape, yeah, you put a little piece of tape over the thing, stick it back and record over it again. <laughs> you still there? Ooh, I think we lost David. Ah, yep, we did. So that is our wiki trolling. Uh, there's a little bit more. I've talked about this before. The one that I wanted the most was, um, uh, he just texted me something. Oh, he says, uh, he can hear me. Well, I can't hear you, David. It doesn't matter if you can hear me. The listener can't hear you talking. And he wrote back and he says, yes, shall I do the rest by text? How about we hang up? And then, uh, no, I'm not reading out your text. That's it wouldn't work as well. And plus, they want to hear you, your. He said, "Ha ha, LOL." So I'm gonna hang up on David, and then I'm gonna call him and see if it works. Why are you breaking our hearts here, buddy? Just ah, uh, he's not picking up. Oh wait, there he is. He's still there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not.
1: Oh, I figured out what happened.
0: Yeah, would you unplug the mic?
1: No, no. I've I've got a soap on a rope here, and I press the mute button by (laughs) accident. Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. because I'm a real technologist, I am. Yes, you are. Well, you fixed it. Uh, I nearly had you doing it by text. nearly.
0: Almost, almost.
1: (laughs) almost. Um, Um, So, the thing about uh, the thing I remember is that you could get some really high-end tape gear, and there was a um, brand called Nakamichi. Oh, remember I Nakamichi?
0: Yeah, the RX five hundred five, I, I will, or affectionately known as the Nakamichi Dragon. Yeah, still. Welcome. And this
1: this thing, when it wanted to auto, or you would, you ended up with a whole whole lot of stuff. That could play both type types of tape, both sides of a tape at once, and basically it would, it had an electronic. Um, capstan head, and it would turn it round and then play it back the other way. But the RX505 didn't do that. That physically had a motor to rotate the tape and turn it round. And if you're into tapes, this is the one you wanted. They were hella expensive. Oh, I just watched it on YouTube. I love it so much. Oh, it's so
0: cool. I just jumped onto eBay. Yeah. You would think a Nakamichi deck from the 80s would be, yeah, you know. Well... Three hundred ten dollars with thirty-three bids. Four hundred ninety-nine dollars or best offer. Here's a buy it now for one thousand thirty-five. A nine hundred twenty-five dollar one. The one that got my attention down here. Uh, one hundred forty-nine dollars, and it says Nakamichi. Oh, this is an RX two hundred two. So it's yeah. Does
1: that still flip tape brand? Yeah, it does. Okay, oh, cool.
0: But yeah. Yeah. It, it was just the coolest thing to watch that flip around. Oh, so cool. So there's YouTube on there? Yeah. Oh, Okay, yeah, there it is. Nakamichi. Uh. I'm going to mute it because he's playing some horrible music. <laughs> and then stop. And then rewind. Just hit the reverse, idiot. And nobody wants to see you pushing the buttons. Reverse it. Hit the reverse button. There you go. Yeah, oh, my God, had it's had so soft cool. Soft touch
1: electronic controls. Oh, it with, was awesome. With, with an LEDs that lit up for the for the transport controls and a the the 80s were just digital, digital cool. counter.
0: <laughs> yeah, the 80s were just the best when it came to high tech uh, or, or audiophile type gear. It just was. Yeah, they made stuff so well back then. And look, let let's be honest, David. The audio quality that we listen to in music now is no better than it was back then. Speakers are really no better than they were back in the 80s. They're
1: they're probably worse, and and we're compressing the hell out of the music as well. The only thing we've got rid of is all the hiss. (laughs) You know, digital stuff and MP3 and everything is obviously hissless, but um, it doesn't quite have the same sound. It doesn't have that kind of, um, it's true, that analog feel to it. Yeah, when you push that button and something happens, and
0: the build quality, uh, because I got to play with the Nakamichi Dragon. I never owned one but I got to play with one quite a bit. The build quality, the the sound that it would make when it the whole front of this thing would come out, the cassette would literally flip around and then go back in. It was so precise. It's like a car. A really well made car when you close the door, it just makes this
1: shunk sound. Yeah, it was like the combination of a of a well made car with watchmakers innards. Exactly. That's exactly right. And you would take
0: these things apart and just marvel at the engineering inside. And yeah. and quite honestly, quite honestly, the Japanese were making the best hi fi gear back then. Oh yeah. No question. Yeah. It just, yeah, definitely. Ugh, I, I was such an audiophile. I wanted one of these so bad, but if you think it's expensive now you should have saw what they were like back then. I ah, mean yeah. it was it was it was too much money.
1: It no, really they was. they were the same sort of money as they go for now, but it's just you you didn't have Thirty-five years of, uh, of uh, deflation to to uh, exactly. consider as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, good times. You know, I making mixtape for people
0: was one of my favorite things.
1: Yeah, you because the thing is, I mean, you can obviously people share playlists and stuff now, but the thing is with a mixtape is you had to commit to it. It was, you were talking about a major effort in time and thought. You had to assemble all the songs. Yeah. Often if you were making a mixtape for somebody, you would, you would have, have the songs on a whole load of different sources. Yep. So you'd have some on record, some on other tape, yep. So you'd need a tape to tape device. Um, later on you might have some on CD. So you, you'd basically, you'd sit down, you'd plan it out on a piece of paper and then you would sit there and you're talking about an afternoon's work actually oh, absolutely. creating the thing.
0: Well, because you had to do it one-to-one, i.e. you're playing it and recording it in real time. Yeah. You're just not dragging things around in your playlist and hit play. But I took it a step further. Later, um, I got a little mix board, an A-B mix board, and Mm -hmm. that mix board had a slider. So I would have one cassette playing, and as it's coming to an end... I'd have the next one queued. I'd hit play, and I would fade that in,
1: fade in, just like you're a DJ in the oh local God, radio I station.
0: I was, I was the man. I called all mine, Bob's, yeah, B dot O dot B dot, and then I number them. Uh huh. Um, and it was for a bunch of bullshit. That's that was what it was for. Uh, uh-huh. I I've got a couple friends on. Well, I have one friend on feet on uh, Facebook that still has one of my Bob's. Right. Still, still in the car. I was like, you got a cassette player in your car? You need a new car.
1: <laughs> yeah, I bet you uh, adding a cassette deck to a car now is also an expensive proposition. Yeah, yeah. well, I would imagine.
0: It's, number one, you got
1: to find one, which <laughs> probably yeah. isn't the
0: easiest anymore.
1: Find one that's working as well. Right. Because there was a, yeah a lot of mechanical parts, and these things were not well loved. So over time, they did go wrong. But, you know, I still have my boom box. It
0: still works. It's not my original boom box. It's, it's the same one, but it's not that one. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I got it on eBay 15 years ago because I came across it, and I just had to have it. And I think I spent like 10 bucks with $12 shipping. Yeah. <laughs> and it just sits on top of my uh, Neo Geo Arcade, although the Neo Geo Arcade has burger time. In fact, anybody listening to this, you can see what I'm talking about because I'm using it as to show graphics. Mm-hmm. Um I like having that old boom box, to be honest. I liked cassettes. Cassettes were cool. And to go back to one of your original questions, you know, did I just record them? Did I buy them on tape? No, I bought them on tape. And here's why. There was something about either at home or probably more importantly in the car that you'd have that line of cassettes mm-hmm. with the artist's name and stuff on it Yeah, that wasn't handwritten. That was just cool. I like that.
1: Yeah, well, the first things I did when I got into computing was uh, you could get the um, – you could get the uh kind of the outlines to go into a cassette. So you could actually print your own cassette liners. Oh, I remember those. Uh, you know, kind of in a template so you could cut it down and – um so it would actually fit properly in the boxes with the fold lines and everything on it. So that you wanted something a little, look a little bit more profession, professional than you your biro scribble on a TDK because uh, cause remember you had to take you you got the blank cassette and then you turned the label inside out and then on the other side there was the lines where you would write with a biro what might be on the on the the uh, on the uh, tape. Yeah, you know what? I'm not going to use that picture. I've got a
0: different picture to use. I've got a picture from me in the 80s in front of my um, stereo system, well, at least part of it, and it's got a cassette deck in it. In fact, we're on wire, David, so I can actually send you this picture. You get to see it. And, by the way, me. Um, That's going to, oh, I think I just did it twice, yeah. I look very young in this photo.
1: You certainly do.
0: <laughs> I was probably uh-huh. sixteen in that picture, maybe yeah. seventeen. But look at that! I've got two cassette. I've got two double cassette decks in that picture.
1: Yep. Look at that. That's a hard hardcore recording and right
0: you, there. And you see this, the boom boombox at the very top of the picture. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've got that same boombox now.
1: And in the, fact, I can see that the play button is pressed on the boombox at the time this photo was taken.
0: Yeah, that was the fast forward button. All right. Yeah. I doubt if uh, I was actually fast forwarding anything.
1: And uh, what's the device on the top of the two tape decks? Is that your amplifier?
0: No, that was the uh, re- uh, the, the receiver. Tuner. It was a whole component system. So that was just the tuner.
1: Yeah. Uh, See, I I, had, I also system. had separates like this. Yep. Um, mine were none of mine were the same size, um, and I don't think they were all. The, I don't think they're all different colors as well. I had a, a Marantz amplifier in champagne gold. Which was the bomb. You know, and um yeah, then I also had a cheap receiver. I there's a, there was a uh, they're still going actually, there's a company here in the UK called Richer Sounds that always sold cheap Hi Fi gear. Uh and that's where I got all my stuff from, including my double double cassette deck, which I believe was Hitachi, as I recall.
0: Uh I'm looking at this photo. I've never really took the time to look at it to the right you see the edge of a speaker and on top of that would have been where all my cassettes are and you can just make out a pile of cassettes up there and you can see yeah. the white of a cassette too. Oh, you were you were playing with fire putting your cassettes on top of the speaker. Yeah. Well, That was a nice speaker so I wasn't worried about it. Um, were, yeah. On the left, right above my head I can see a I gave blood sticker and I also see just the edge of an a picture of eddie van halen playing guitar <laughs> and there's a q106 speaker or a sticker on the speaker
1: yeah uh, and you're wearing your marlboro hat
0: Yep, and a plaid kind of grunge shirt
1: yeah you do in fact you are you do kind of have a um uh have a, a kind of uh kurt cobain vibe going on in that photo oh, yeah, that was before kurt cobain too man well yeah that's right he he copied everything he learned from you well look how long my hair is in that picture
0: you can see it curling back behind my ear. Yep. Yeah. I was clean shaven. I, I was cool back then, man. What the <laughs> hell happened? What are you saying? You're not cool now? You can see that I've actually, the, where the, all the components are, I just realized, I close it. You see the glass to the right of it? That yeah. The glass is open. mm mm-hmm. Oh, those were the days, man. That was some killer sound system right there. <laughs> So with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of TechFan. Of course, we welcome your comments, making fun of my picture of being 16 years old. And we'll see you next week. See you
1: then.